1: I lost you for a second. I don't exactly know how that happened. What's okay, up, Alex? You
2: good? You good? You all right over there, Arthur? I'm
1: good. I got, I got a little nervous. I got a little nervous. I, as somehow or another, the little machine here that says brick one said all of a sudden local disconnect, but now we're reconnected. This is the power of live radio. You never know what's going to happen. That's what I like. That's what I, I was just talking to my friend Jerry Foley, who is a internationally known television producer. He's really a storied guy in the world of uh, late night television. And, you know, his shows used to be pre-recorded. You know, we all know it's not a big secret. Like Jimmy Fallon's not really in the studio at 1130 at night, right? He's there at, I don't know, five o'clock in the afternoon. And my friend Jerry's show that he used to produce, it's the same thing. And, you know, it's like, it's like that. Look, when you go to the circus or you go to somewhere and there's a guy walking a tightrope and there's no net underneath versus when there is a net underneath. Come on. Like, remember that episode of Seinfeld when he has the kidney stone and he's screaming and the guy falls off the high wire and you know, but there's a net underneath. No, nobody's dying. But on live radio, you never know what's gonna happen. We only get about seven seconds, right, Alex? If I say something horrible, you can slam that button and Absolutely. it'll Absolutely. By the way, that was a great episode of Seinfeld. I gotta say that. No, it's it's amongst the fun, <laughs> it's amongst the funniest ever. And I will be honest with you, I did it because of that that episode. We're really going off, Alex, but why not it's summertime Um, I did some research and you know Italian Americans apparently get higher concentration of kidney stones and gallstones because of the amount of black pepper coarse black pepper in their diet and they'll apparently we don't really digest that well and it clogs you up and I am not a guy for pain you know Alex Anyone who knows you and knows that what you've dealt with in life knows that you are a warrior. You are an absolute warrior uh, how you've gone through life. I am the exact opposite of you. I am a wimp. In other words, I get a stuffed up nose. I'm eating 40 day quills and, and Afrin and all kinds of stuff. So I am basically looking for any way I can to avoid pain. So I went, I made the big move. I made the switch basically because of that episode of Seinfeld and, and looking up how to avoid kidney stones and gallstones. I went from black pepper being a black pepper guy to a red pepper guy. And, and I, um, I, I always lean towards the crushed red pepper if, if that's the opportunity, if I have the opportunity to use that. There are times when you need the black pepper. But, you know, this is this is why I love doing this show, because I had no intention whatsoever of starting out this show talking about red pepper versus black pepper. Um, I did want to start off the show, first of all, by saying hello to Alex, who is filling in for uh, Sam Bellino, who he takes Wednesdays or days off now just to go home and sleep. Is that the fact, Alex?
2: Something like that. No, he's got some family stuff he tends to. So I, I'm with you tonight. By the way, as long as you're not a red hot chili pepper, though, I know you like that band, too. Right.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They had their day. Um, I, I want to tell you a little bit, Alex, about my day today because you know my family and uh, it. Without it being. And look, before we go any further, I'm 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 losing my my notes here. We're going to have two fantastic guests on. Number one, we're going to have Police Commissioner Bill Bratton on who, you know, he needs no introduction. Um, and he's gonna talk about not only the new police commissioner, but his take, you know, I've been going back and forth about crime in the city right now, and is it as bad as the media is making it out? Is it as bad as some of my colleagues on other radio stations are making it out to be? Or, you know, or is it just a great way to sell newspapers and to have people tune into the nightly news? And then we're gonna talk to Todd Shapiro. He's the award-winning, uh, also, journalist, he's known now as a public relations guru, uh, and he handled uh, the press conference for the Gilgo Beach murders. And um, I think that he's going to give you a great inside look on, you know, the facts of those cases have been covered the last five days at what is it ad infinitum? I believe that's correct. Um, but he's going to tell you like what it's like inside. Working with, he works with the district attorney's office and setting up the press conference and how it works and the timing of it and what day of the week and when it's going to happen and where it's going to happen and who gets invited and who doesn't. So that's coming up as well on this Wednesday. We are live and local here on July the 19th. I do want to talk to you at the end of the show about a wonderful night I had with uh, the sponsor of this show, Bayridge Honda and Rob Sabah. It was a miraculous evening that just instilled in me even more strongly than ever how much I love this city because to see this city from the water, you really appreciate how awesome it is. But I want to tell you, I want to take a personal moment to tell you what a, an awesome time I had this morning with my six-year-old son, um, Arthur Idala. I work a lot um, This radio show takes a lot of time As does, you know, just my regular job And I know we all work a lot I'm not saying I work more than anyone else But sometimes my extracurricular activities To garner business for the law firm um, You know, takes keeps me out of the house More than I should be out of the house um, So today I spent a little time From about 7 this morning Till 10.30 this morning With my 6-year-old son, Arthur And uh, I am blessed to live in the same, not only the same neighborhood, but the, basically the same blocks that I grew up on, um, where my grandparents have a house, my mom and dad have a house, and I have a house. They're all within a, one, two, three blocks of each other. And um, it's the block I grew up on. So this morning, when I took Arthur out, he wanted to ride bikes. And he said, Dad, take your bike. Now, m- my bike that I haven't been on. I'm trying not to exaggerate if I say 30 years, but it probably is since I was in my 20s. Because I have another bike I keep out in Long Island. That's the bike I ride out there. But I have not ridden this particular bike in probably since I was in my 20s. And my nephew, Nicholas, who's 19 years ago, five, four or five years ago, he took that particular bike, uh, to this to the bike shop. and got it all fixed up. So it's in great shape. But that bicycle it's called an Atala A-T-A-L-A was purchased by my grandfather Arthur Idala the first. I'm Arthur Idolo the second his grandson and his great-grandson is Arthur Idala the third um, My grandfather bought that but I think like when he was in his 60s probably like in the 1970s or the early 1980s um, And it's a 10-speed bike with the with the gear shifts like down low on the the tube that goes the metal tube that goes down between your legs and it's kind of like a real racing bike so I took out that bike and Arthur's on his bike and it was a quiet morning and it had rained but the the weather was was pretty nice actually it was it was cloudy wasn't too hot and there I am riding my my grandfather's bicycle with my son who I'm sitting on his great grandfather's bicycle driving on the street where my father Taught me how to ride a bicycle when I was five or six years old now author's really really good on the bicycle And we just drove through the neighborhood On the bikes, you know, they have these little white bike lanes now uh, Which that was didn't, definitely didn't exist in 1973 and 74 when my dad was taking me bicycling and It made me realize how stressed out my dad must have been When he was taking me riding my bike because now I have my son in front of me, I'm making sure there's no cars. And there really weren't many cars at all. It was a great time to do this for the first time. But now I got to yell at him, like, where to go? He has no idea where he's going. He also has no gears on his bicycle. He's a little six-year-old boy. So I have to tell him, you know, okay, Arthur, we're going to make a left here, look for cars. And we went down the shore road where, you know, I, I just have so many memories. And, and it was such a simple event that it involved zero technology, zero technology technology and it was amazing it was just such a wholesome heartwarming sentimental nostalgic moment in my life that uh, of course Arthur's never gonna realize what that moment meant to me and of course because he's my son and a little rambunctious on then he, you know we we take the bikes into a, a playground this kid has got some upper body strength did he, he starts so he's cranking up pull-ups cranking them out and he's like okay dad now you do them." now I don't want to like let the kid down so I don't know I did like five and I was like oh okay all right I don't want to do more than five I don't want to embarrass you or something like me well I couldn't do more than five but then he sees a bunch of steps and he's like, dad, I want to walk my bike up to the top of the steps and then ride him down the steps. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to take this kid home bloody to his mother. But and I said, I go, look, Arthur, I have nothing to clean you up. So if you're going to go down, figure out if you want to fall on your right knee or your left knee and your right elbow, or your left elbow and just know you're going to be bleeding. It's exactly what I tell this six year old. And he looks at me with this like serious look, thinks about it. and He's like, I'm going for it. And I have a little. I did take out some technology. I have the video of him going down, and then and he he did it flawlessly and quickly. And then I looked at the because I had the phone out. I saw the time and his little tutor summer tutor was coming. I was like, all right, Arthur, it's time to ride back home. And we rode back home. I sent him into the tutor, and I just took a moment, and I was like, that was awesome. And it's ten thirty in the morning wasn't even was 1025 because the tutor came at ten thirty. i was like i just had the highlight of my day with this six-year-old little boy in the neighborhood i grew up on the block i grew up on It was just so special, and um, I hope you don't mind that I shared that moment with you. I didn't give you any updated politics or legal stories, but we're going to do all of that now here on this Wednesday night. It is hump day, July 19th, New York City, live and local, 45th Street and 5th Avenue, Idala Bertuna, and Kamins. Don't go away. We'll be right back. all right let's talk about rob Sabah, who i spent last night with uh an, an unbelievable new york moment night uh and his company his business bay ridge honda they've been around for 60 years when his dad the big bob Sabah, started it um they have been your family owned and operated dealer for the five boroughs everyone in the five boroughs picks Bay Ridge Honda not only because they have such a large selection but the way they treat you from the moment you walk into the door to the moment you walk out and you need service and all of that they have got your back 100% and during the month of July they're saving you $1500 that's how much you're going to get when you turn in your tra- or when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True program at their 2022 President's Award winning dealership. And right now you get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, you're going to get this $1,500 bonus when you turn in or t- your trade or lease and you purchase your next car with them. And now guess what, folks? Even if you don't buy a car from them, they'll buy your car from you so go visit them at fourth avenue and 88th street in bayridge brooklyn that's fourth avenue and 88th street in Bay Ridge, brooklyn or go to bayridge that's bayridgehonda.com these deals are available to qualified buyers additional fees may apply see dealer for detail this sale ends on july the 30th of this
4: year hi kevin mccullough wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate if only there was a way to learn from the best Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, vice chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet, you need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best. Period. <laughs> so tune in. I on real estate Saturdays at 10 on AM 970. The answer. That's I on real estate Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970. The answer.
1: So let's talk about our friends at Connors and Sullivan, because when you were a teen, you thought you were invincible. I still think I'm invincible, and that's just a mistake. When you're healthy, you think you don't need a power of attorney. You don't need a health care proxy. Well, you know what? That's a mistake. You think, oh, I'm going to worry about that when I'm older or I become sick. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or a health care proxy. What happens then? The state, the courts, they make those decisions for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. So call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know their stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They'll help you make a plan that protects you and your family, you'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. So for a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500.
0: Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com.
5: Well, you can tell everybody.
1: We have the man on the line right now, the man who is a celebrity in New York City. If you walk down the street... With the thirty eighth and the forty second, he's it's the it's the same person. Even though he was served in two different capacities, two times as the police commissioner. When you walk down the street with him, you can see people talking and whispering and all of that stuff because that's Bill Bratton, that's Commissioner Bratton. There's the commissioner because he was the person who really led the charge to put New York back on the map uh, in his first term as uh, the police commissioner, and then continued it in his second term as the police commissioner. I believe actually when he served in his his second term as the police commissioner it was when I think crime hit its all time low point in the recorded history of crime in New York City without further ado police commissioner William Bratton hello Commissioner Bratton
2: hey, good evening good to be with you in your, your audience
1: I appreciate it very much. I appreciate you finding the time. So, give us a little bit inside look. You get the call from the mayor, you're going to what what the new commissioner is going through right now. You get the call from the mayor and you're going to be the police commissioner of the NYPD. It is the most prestigious law enforcement job. Forgive me for saying this in the United States of America. I know you got the head of the FBI and the CIA, but New York is New York. Number one, when you get that call and you find out, you know, what's the emotions for you and your family? And then number two, you know, what do you do to make sure you're a successful police commissioner?
2: Well, uh, I'll tell you the first time, 1993 94, with Giuliani, I had spent a long time uh, seeking that position. Uh, I came here in 1990 as chief of the New York City Transit Police, then a separate police department. And I uh, got bitten by the police commission above, the idea if I could succeed in that off-Broadway production, maybe I could make it onto Broadway, the NYPD. And it happened. Giuliani noticed significant crime reductions in the subway while the city streets didn't seem to be getting much better. And he wanted to know why. I explained it to him what we were doing in the subway and that we could do the same thing in the streets. I predicted for him that if I was appointed his commissioner, uh, I would get crime down in the city myself and the NYPD cops that I'd be leading by 40 percent. When I left 27 months later, crime was down by 39 percent after having only gone down a couple percentage points in each of the preceding years. So when I got the call, uh, 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 it was uh, both with anticipation but also with anxiety. The idea, okay, now I've got it, uh, what are we going to do? Good news for me since I had been looking for that job for quite a few years I already had a plan. I already had a team uh, assembled in the sense that uh, I just had a load the bugle and they'd come running. And uh, you remember a lot of them, Jack Maple, John Chimney, Louis Anamone, John Miller. Uh, I had a legendary crew that worked with me, and I had great, great cops. I had a lot of cops, interestingly enough. Uh, Dave Jenkins and Ray Kelly, my predecessor, worked with Peter Ballone, the great former president of the city council had hired 6,000 cops, or had got authorization to hire 6,000 cops. 4,000 of those cops were hired during myself and Giuliani's first six months. So I had a great leadership team, and a, a great mayor at that time, who was really focused on doing something about crime, and uh, had a lot of cops. So uh, uh, what Eddie is dealing with now, Eddie Caban, uh, he for the last year and a half was the first deputy commissioner. In that position, he was certainly anticipating that it could happen for him. Uh, And I'm sure in the last several weeks, a lot of anxiety would have happened to him. And happily, I think, for him, for the city, uh, uh, it did happen. And uh, the anxiety of waiting is over. Now the anxiety of delivering begins.
1: So I I just want to, before I talk about the future, I just would like to recall the past. Because I remember when you guys first came into office, was there some sort of a contract dispute or something where the rank-and-file cops were, were upset with, with Mayor Giuliani? You didn't give them the money they, they wanted or something along those lines? Or am I dreaming that?
2: Yeah, what's well, not remembered, uh, and the uh, uh, reality is people oftentimes don't remember history unless it affects them personally, that uh, the cops didn't particularly like Giuliani. That... Uh, in uh, As I was leaving, uh, they had an expression that uh, the city was in still a very significant budget crisis, and he offered a contract of no pay raises, and the cops described it as zeros for heroes. I had been uh, talking to the cops that, look, work with me, work with Giuliani, let's get crime down, crime gets down, taxes get increased, more people come, pay taxes, more tourists, and you you should get a reward. Well, it was kind of like uh, uh, the, movie, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the movie, The uh, Magnificent Seven, that the old of the, uh, the seven, mm-hmm. seven outlaws, they, they clean up the town, and at the end, five of them are dead, and two of the off into the sunset uh, with no reward other than the satisfaction of having cleaned up the town. Well, the cops were rightfully proud of having cleaned up New York City and had kept it cleaned up until the legislature screwed it up in 2019. But uh, they did not like the mayor very much. Heroes for heroes, and it wasn't until 9/11 when Rudy uh, won the cops back and won back the affection of the city. Because just before 9/11, uh,
1: basically he was
2: persona non grata. A lot of people don't remember that.
1: Yeah, I I believe me. I remember the whole thing with the divorce, and he was living. He wasn't even living in Gracie Mansion, and and uh, you know just so we're clear, I I'm very fond of Mayor Juliet. He's actually a client of the law firm, um, mm-hmm. but. But as you said, complete Police Commissioner Bratton, like, people kind of misremember, I think, is the right way. But I also, though, remember, on a positive note, you guys, when you came in, you changed, like, the color of the police cars, the color of the police uniforms, and I believe the weapons they carried, correct?
2: Yeah, effectively what we did, uh, I focused very heavily on, as part of the morale building, uh, changing the image of the cops. that uh, They had a uniform, those light blue shirts that uh, I described him as Mr. Goodwrench. Uh, The cops hated that light blue shirt because for most of their history, they had dark blue shirts, they had copper buttons, and, uh, you know, in the summer, it didn't show the sweat as much, and it it just... uh, They never liked the light blue shirt. So I went with a dark blue shirt, but uh, uh, in 1994, 95. But I also... We fully implemented the... uh, uh, um, authorization, and assignment of the 9 millimeter Glock weapons to them. So with that weapon, they also had to get all new leather gear. So in ninety four, ninety five, when we had the 100th anniversary of, excuse me, the Pope visit and the 50th anniversary of the United Nations, all those huge events, I had 35,000 cops in new uniforms, blue uniform shirts, new leather gear. They looked the best they'd ever looked. And from a morale standpoint, a pride standpoint, We also put on the sleeves of those shirts what they call hash marks. Next time you see a cop in a long sleeve shirt, look, you'll see these thin blue stripes. Every blue stripe represents five years of service. So an older cop would have four, five, six of these, and it's a matter of pride. Look at me. I've I've been on this job this long. And uh, that was also understanding the way cops work. And uh, between authorizing them to... Get tough on crime, arrest the drug dealers that deal with the the crime in the streets, the the quality of life crime. Uh, For 20 years, they've been told, don't engage. Don't. uh, 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 We're going to leave the drug dealers to the detectives. We don't trust you to make the arrests. I told them, I'll trust you, that uh, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to supervise you. You screw up willfully, criminally, negligently. We're going to take care of that. But I want you to feel pride once again. And they felt it. Boy, did they deliver. They delivered big time. For
1: now, I, do I do have a question. I do have a question because, you you know, you talked about Giuliani not giving them money in the contract. But you talking about new uniforms, uh, new new uh, leather gear, new new guns, new weapons. And I believe you upgraded the cars or you repainted the cars, too, right? Because they were a different color before you, you were police commissioner. Now, actually, that, that came
2: a little later under, I think, Commissioner Safer, who succeeded me. Where they okay. went to, we were, we were planning on that change, but I was gone before it began to happen. So that's where we went with the cars that you now see, which are actually repainting once again, uh, that very distinctive white with the blue. The cops never liked the uh, that old color blue that they had. They never liked that color. So, cars, but, where, you know? so my, but my question to...
1: My question to police commissioner, Bratton, is where did the money come from to pay for uh, you know, um, like million, the millions of dollars to reuniform and retool the whole place?
2: Well, some of it came from uh, tight budget control. During my two years as police commissioner, that was the first time in history of the department, modern history, that we came in under budget on our authorized overtime. police department always overspends on its overtime budget. We came in because we had so many new cops, 6,000 new cops, we didn't need to use as much overtime, so we saved tens of millions of dollars on the overtime budget. But I'll tell you what happened to $10 million of that saving, Uh, it paid for the fire department bunker gear. The uniforms, you can see the fire department wear to fires now. Before that, they had largely those old rubber raincoats, et cetera, They, they had terrible safety gear and the city did not have the money to buy new gear for them. Where did the money come from? Ironically, it came from the police overtime budget savings. No, the mayor was very conscious of uh, uh, the need to try to work on the safety that the uh, equipment that the police and firefighters needed, but they were tough uh, uh, budget times. Credit to the mayor that uh, uh, we gained a lot of trust uh, and confidence from the cops and firefighters after 9-11. He went to every one of the funerals. So there was hundreds of firefighters and dozens of cops that were killed that, uh, you know, so part of the acclaim of uh, uh, America's man came because of the fact that uh, he showed great compassion and caring. But in the 90s, there wasn't much money to go around. And what money we were able to save went to those flocks and went to that leather gear. But also Did- the leather gear, the cops had to buy that themselves. They get a uniform clothing allowance. So the leather gear and the new uniform shirts were paid for by the cops themselves out of their uniform clothing
1: allowance. Okay. Now the last question on this topic is: Did the police officers? I know not during your reign under the Giuliani administration, but during the Giuliani administration, did they eventually get a raise? Uh, Actually, it
2: took them arbitration to get the raises they were looking for. Uh, I testified uh, in Albany. In support of raises for them. And in return for that, uh, I, as farmer commissioner, I was named uh, PBA Man of the Year by the Petroleum <laughs> Association for my, my support when they were they were battling with the mayor uh, on size of the pay raise. The mayor offered something, the union wanted more, which is usually what the case. Uh, but I think that contract eventually was settled through arbitration, if I recall.
1: OK, so here we are now. And, you know, we're, we're talking about the Giuliani administration with Police Commissioner Bratton, who uh, really, you know, that that team of Jack Maples. And by the way, John Miller, who I am so fond of. And when he was a reporter, he was covering. He I know he, he covered my dad's cases when my dad was an attorney and he covered my grandfather back in City Hall. Um, did he begin in the NYPD under your administration?
2: Yes, I was introduced to John. I certainly knew John from watching him on TV for the years, chasing John Gotti all over Brooklyn. But uh, in terms of uh, my knowing him personally, I was introduced to him by Jack Maple, the late, great Jack Maple, who was the transit lieutenant to work with me as a deputy commissioner, helped to create ComStat. Uh, he brought Miller in because we needed a new deputy commissioner for public information. And Jack uh, really convinced me that... Uh, this guy dressing in $1,000 suits, smoking uh, $100 cigars, uh, would fit in. And there he, we, go. Fit there in. we go. He's an extraordinarily talented individual. Uh, so he brought a lot of press acumen and knowledge in. But he also uh, he had been working with cops and firefighters since he was 12, 13 years old. He loved cops, loved firefighters. Uh, phenomenal. To the extent that uh, when I took over as the chief of the NYPD, excuse me, LAPD, 2002, I would not have taken that job if John had not agreed to leave his very high-paid job as Barbara Walters' partner on uh, ABC's 2020 to come in as my chief of counterterrorism. People were gas. you're hiring this reporter, Bob Walters' party, to be head of counterterrorism. Who's the guy that interviewed Osama bin Laden in a cave in Afghanistan when Osama bin Laden declared war on the United States? Who was the guy that was basically following all this terrorist activity for years when nobody else was paying attention to it? It was John Miller. Now, John's an extraordinary individual. When I became commissioner in 2014, who did I select as my NYPD chief of not
1: only counterterrorism but intelligence? John Miller. He is the man. So we have two minutes left, Police Commissioner Brad, and I've been having um, a little bit of uh, arguments with people who I know and people who I, I admire, and they're trying to tell me that the city of New York and crime in the city of New York is worse than when you took office in 1994. And I need to hear, I know you still have your fingers on the pulse of this city, I need to hear what Police Commissioner Bratton has to say about crime in 1994 and crime today.
2: What is not worse is the actual number of serious crimes. There are over a half million incidents of serious crime uh, each year in 1994. And I commend 5,000 people shot, 2,243 people murdered. Most recent numbers in the city, although those numbers thankfully are now going down for the last two years, shootings and murders, overall crime is up higher than it was in 2018, which was the best crime year ever when there was fewer than 100,000 reported crimes, fewer than 300 murders. So serious crime is still down dramatically from 1994, but it is not down compared to 2018 before the legislature got in and screwed up the whole damn thing. What is also very concerning is that the quality of life crime, the stuff that people see every day in their neighborhoods, the drug dealing, the uh, prostitution, the uh, aggressive begging, and uh, gangs in the corner, unfortunately, that is uh, probably not as bad as it was back in 1994, but it has grown dramatically over the last several years, once again, thanks to our legislature and city council. And that's what people are uh, very fearful of, as most people now in New York are not the victims of serious crime. They are the victims, however, of what they see every day. And their fear and perception is shaped, unfortunately, by those serious crimes because there are so few of them that they leave the news every night. Whereas back in the day, 1994, there were six murders a day in 1994. You wow. Can you imagine that? Wow. Now there's about one, now there's about one a day. That uh, and, and so good news is the department is coming back. I'm very confident that Eddie Caban is going to be able to keep that trend going. He's a—he grew up in the department like Ray Kelly. At, uh, he was deputy, first deputy commissioner, who will be coming commissioner. So hopefully he and the mayor uh, get along, and uh, the mayor lets him run that department more than apparently the former climate commissioner ran it. And uh, I think we'll be okay. But there's a there's a long way to go, and we still got that legislation, city council that hate the cops and doing everything they can to handcuff them and keep uh, basically not allowing them to take the city back.
1: Well, there you have it, folks. You can't get any better than what we just had. It's Police Commissioner Bill Pratton live here at 636 in New York City. Commissioner, thank you so much. I hope I didn't take time away from Ricky tonight. Your gorgeous, very intelligent legal analyst on CBS, Ricky Kleeman, who's a friend of mine for a long time. Thank you so much, Commissioner. There's never, there's never, never enough
2: time with her, as you know.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you very soon. Thanks again. I really appreciate it, Bill. Best. good night now Bye-bye. good night all right folks we're going to take a quick break i that was i was fascinated so <laughs> i hope you like that as much as i do don't go anywhere we'll be right back
4: all right it's wellness wednesday join us tonight at seven dr mark siegel dr douglas howard kevin mccullough and the breaking medical news to keep you well that's tonight at seven
0: turbulent times call for clear-headed insight It's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. The new Salem News Channel, the greatest collection of conservative minds, all in one place. Home to the people you trust. Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Refreshingly, honest, always unfiltered. Streaming free on your TV 24-7. Intelligent analysis for intelligent people. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv.
4: This is Mike Gallagher. Visit the Holy Land with me, Dennis Prager, and Inspiration Cruises and Tours. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel Tour. Call 855-565-5519 or visit StandWithIsraelTour.com.
1: You've heard me talking all about Plaza College. We're going to be there tomorrow night. I cannot wait. They have been around since 1916. And not only do they have their school of court reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new school of nursing. Their accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I told you this. 18 students successfully completed that program and have graduated are now nurses here in New York City. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-share community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is incredible. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu That's plaza P-L-A-Z-A college.edu EDU
2: Hi, this is Judge Kammins, a partner at Idala, Bertuna, and Kammins, and where author Idala of the Author Idala Power Hour works at his 24 7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind
0: ABK, the power legal firm.
1: All right, let's talk about my friends at Hemp Leaf, Jason and Ray. Uh, you know, I use their products. I used it this morning in the shower. I grab, I go in, grab their liquid black soap and put it all over my body. I use a loofah, scrub myself down, wash myself off. Take a quick shave. Now, I will admit I I have not used the shea butter as shaving cream yet. I actually use shaving cream. Um, But then when I get out after the – but I will try it because Jason told me to try it. Uh, But then when I got out after uh, drying off, I throw that shea butter, my head, my face, my neck, um, and um, I'm good to go. There's people who work out. I'm not one of them, although today I did. I rode the bike. I ran all over the, the playground with Arthur. But luckily, I didn't need the icy pot. But if you do, if you have some muscle aches, you can rub that icy pot on your muscles the way you use any any other muscle rub, and it's going to give you relief. And for your lower extremities, you could try out the Helixer. I know they're pushing it for women, but men could use it too. Believe me, it just brings a lot of blood flow to, flow to your lower extremities and makes you feel... Just more vibrant. All their products are vegan-friendly and cruelty-free, made in Long Island, New York. And remember, they don't put anything on your body that you would not put in your body. So visit them at hempleaf.com, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout and receive 10% off.
6: If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consciousness
0: Listen to us online at AM970 The Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Kevin McCullough. Let's is next
1: on AM970 The Answer. So let's talk about Italy. It's so hot there right now, but you know when it not what you know when it's not gonna be hot? In October. That's right. I mean, I had a friend there. She just got back from Sicily. She said that she could get no relief even at night it was so 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 hot but in October 18th to 28th you could go to Rome you could go to Sicily you could be with Joe Piscopo on a Perillo tour you'll be treated to that special dinner where Piscopo performs in Rome three nights you'll see all the great all the great sights then you'll go to Sicilia Catania, Taromina, Maunetna, Palermo. It is the best of Rome and Sicily for nine nights. The Perillo is a stress-free escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. So call 1-800-431-1515, 1-800-431-1515. Your reservation is very limited at this point. Things are about to sell out, so I would start seriously making the call. At the very least, go on the website perillotours.com perillotours.com (laughs) And... Alex, so today in 2018, which we now know is the year that New York City was the safest—that's according to Bill Bratton. You ever told anyone that the safest New York City was was under the De Blasio administration? Everyone would think you were lying. But sometimes you just got to check out the facts, folks. But today, July the 19th in 2018, New York State declared Billy declared it Billy Joel Day. He became the first artist to appear a hundred times at Madison Square Garden. During the landmark show, Billy Joel was joined on stage by the gentleman you just heard singing 10th Avenue Freeze Out, Bruce Springsteen. And then they played Born to Run. Billy Joel, for those of you who don't know, became a staple of Madison Square Garden, consistently selling out the 20,000-person venue as part of his concert residency, which started in 2014, and I believe he just announced that he's going to um, uh, that he's going to quit, I think, like a year from now. Um, Alex, tell me when we get Todd Shapiro, because he's telling me to call him now, um, and he's yeah. Well, you could call him even, Alex. You know, we could do it either way. Live radio. You could call We got him, him we on right now. Oh, we got him on. Oh, let's bring him on because I'm excited to talk to him. He's a friend of mine. We we hung out. We had dinner together Saturday night. But uh, those of you may know him as the man who is omnipresent, whether it is Las Vegas, Miami, New Brazil. I don't know. He goes all over the place. Um, Qatar, uh, South Africa. The one, the only Todd Shapiro. Hello, Mr. Shapiro. How are you? How are you, Air Arthur? How's um? How Everything is wonderful. Everything is wonderful. Before we go anywhere, I, how much fun did you have with my parents on Saturday?
5: Let me tell you something. I want to adopt your mom. Your mom is like unbelievable. I am taking your mom and Vinnie Lavian's mom out. I'm going to celebrate Mother's Day every other month with them. <laughs> the energy that you are know, just the, the most beautiful wonderful people that i ever met in my life i never felt more at home than being at your house with your family and your children and you you
1: know it was great and, and obviously my, my wife marianne who was catering to all of us so i'm 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 so glad you came by but let me tell you let me let me i need you to bring us behind the stage as much as you can so you do public relations for so many people so many entities uh, i mean from the, the person who precedes me on this show every night uh john katsimatidis uh that, to the guys at 75 maine and in southampton um and also to the district attorney of suffolk county and you know the whole world was fixated on that case and that press conference on friday todd shapiro the pr genius award-winning journalist Bring us behind the scenes. What's it like? How do you know, okay, Todd, there's going to be a big arrest. you got to do this. you got to do this. Tell us how it works from a public relations point of view.
5: So on, on a PR, on a PR stance, we got a phone call at a, approximately 530 in the morning. The, the, the worst secret you could do is give it to your PR person. That's the worst thing you could ever do because, you know, if you're a PR person, someone always finds out somehow. So 5.30 in the morning, I get a phone call, you know, from the district attorney's office that it's on. It's, it's coming out 15 minutes later. It's, it's in the New York Post. It's in um, it's on News 12 online. Next thing I know, I'm on the phone with the, you know, the publisher of the Post. And, you know, the, the district attorney, you know, what, what's great about um, Ray Tierney, he's not a politician. You know, the, you find a lot of people that run for public office. The politics, they want to be in the limelight, they can't get enough. It's like a, it's like a drug that keeps coming back to you, and you, you want more and more. In this case, he wants less and less. When I tell you, I mean, the first day we get a phone, you know, we're on Anderson Cooper 360. We're on Fox and Friends with Brian, Brian Kilmeade. We're on, um, you know, we're, um, we're, every, we're everywhere, in, in the every media outlet in the world, is calling us um, from the Daily Mail to Australia to, um, you know, I think we were on CNN 14 times. Um, we were on Fox News uh, 13 times. Um, we were on Good Morning America, the Today Show, 48 hours. It just kept going and going. And at the point of time, so Tuesday, the, the district attorney looks at me and says, I've had enough. I go, what do you mean? He goes, Todd, I'm a lawyer. I want to go back to just being a lawyer. Are you I talking about media? yesterday, Tuesday? Yesterday. Because, you know, there's a point of time where, you know, I go, I go listen, the Good Morning America wants to put you on tomorrow morning. What do you mean? You got to go on. He goes, Todd, I got cases. I'm, I'm sworn in by, 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 you know, in Suffolk County. I'm, I'm an attorney. I got to go out. I'm a trial. I got stuff going on. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about, you know, being on TV. And, you well, know, to I, me, I looked at that as, for him. as a mensch. That, that's a mensch. Because everybody else will just keep riding it and riding it and riding it. And, listen, what he did, you know, he deserves, you know, the Nobel Peace Prize. To be able to, you know, find—everyone tried to, to find this person who killed these, these people at Gilgo. Everyone tried to do this. This guy came across, did it, and granted, he had great, great, you know, cooperation with the Suffolk County Police Department And the sheriff's office, they all helped out, and they were all part of a team, and they had their own little war room. Not like the war room in in Albany, but that's another thing.
1: Oh, the war room. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's Wednesday night. We're in the middle of the summer. We're talking to Todd Shapiro who uh, has an unbelievable wife who really supports him, and she's just a, a fantastic lady. And one of the things she supports him with is Todd, as I told you, he's all over the place. One of the places he goes to often is Albany. And, um, you know, just so to be clear, because my mother was like, how do you know him? He's so nice. How do you know him? It's all through IGG. Vinny Lavien, he's the man. Um, introduced me to Todd years ago. Um, but, uh you have a, an establishment that you're the proprietor of called the War Room up in Albany. So let's just go off on a tangent and tell me uh, a little bit about that.
5: So I'm right now, believe it or not, I'm at the War Room as we speak. I'm in Albany. Um, you know, one thing what happens when you own a restaurant: one day your chef's there, the next day he's not. You know. So are you cooking right now? You you step away
1: from like working I, the grill? Um,
5: you know, I'm learning. You know, I'm, I'm but but I did you know I did fine dining. Got this um great chef, Sasso, he's the best sushi chef, north of the Hudson River, he's won awards. I got another chef. The next thing I know, you know, one chef takes off, you know. But one thing I did put in Albany, which they haven't had, I put, you know, hot dogs. I got to bread hot dogs. We're putting a hot dog cart right across from the legislature. So dirty water dogs to be
1: served. Are you telling me they don't have that in Albany?
5: I'm saying they had to you try to find a cart in the middle of Albany. is like trying to find Kim Kardashian in Oklahoma. It's okay. It's not going to happen.
1: All right. I guess Kim Kardashian's not going to be there. All right. So, listen, anyone who goes to Albany, you have to go to the war room. Um, tell us, Todd, tell us, tell us a couple of more of your clients who you have some interesting stories with.
5: Well, you know what? There's always stories going on with different, different people. You know, you get clients all day long, you know, they're, um, you know, we, we had, you know, your buddy Zach from, um, 75 Maine, you know, about three years ago, um, he takes, um, Um,
1: he's on the side of uh, all the buses he's uh, so i take arthur my six-year-old to eat at 75 main and and, which is a restaurant in in long island and that and zach is so nice a proprietor. he comes over he always says hello he chit chats with us he knows i know todd so he talks to me and we're in the city and there's zach on the side of a bus going past and and arthur goes daddy there's your friend on the bus
5: he's an incredible incredible individual he um he does great work. He's um, he turned a, a little tiny restaurant cafe in the middle of um, in the middle of the, the hottest place where you find the owner of the New England Patriots. You'll find Brad Pitt. You'll find Leonardo DiCaprio, and you'll find a local firefighter. And um, you know, coming there and you know just hanging out all together. He's he turned this place into magic, and it's like the Rodeo Drive of of the East End. And you know, and people like Arthur I are there. You know what I mean?
1: So Most what's it like sitting there with Arthur? What what's it like? So, you know, you want to get him positive press. How do you do that? Is it the relationships you have at different media outlets? You know, how do you get him on, on Rosanna Scato's show? Is it just making phone calls? Is it the, the greasy wheel, the, the squeaky wheel gets it's the not, grease? It's
5: not that. It's just, you know, he, he does, you know, great, great things. I mean, he really, he really does. And sometimes, you know, there, there was, um there was, um uh, what do you call it? Uh, some famous people that used to go to, I don't want to mention who because it might be a client, but famous people used to go to his place. Um, um, Hollywood people used to go there, and they got in trouble with sex scandals and all this other stuff, and they got indicted, went to jail. All big things. So what does Zach do? He takes a torch, and he used to have a favorite table. He torches the table you know, with, with, with this giant thing. It goes worldwide. So you know what? It's just, it's, it's you know, he just Either, either I got you. you more, in other
1: words, you create your own. The, the message here is you create your own media opportunities. You know, the way as you, your our mutual friend, the man who precedes me on this channel uh, every night at five o'clock, John Katsimatidis, the way John does so much of his charitable work and really goes above and beyond to help those who need help. That gives you the opportunity to open the door to get him the press so that people acknowledge all the, the hard work that he does. But,
5: but you know what? It's not, it's more than just finding PR. And you know, when I first you know, got involved in PR, I, I thought it was promoting Republicans. Then I realized you know it's something different. But you know, in some parts of the country, it is promoting Republicans, especially Long Island. But the fact of the matter is, it's you know it, it's a gift that you're able to take and help people with it. You're able to give guidance here, but to take some charities and not for profits and little things that people don't see and give them a little spotlight. To help people, to create a buzz, to create funding, to create good things. I mean, Arthur, you're involved in so many different charities and organizations. Every time I see you, you know, you're at a different benefit, doing something or helping the little guy. I mean, you know, you, you do more mitzvahs than, than, a, than a lot of rabbis I know.
1: Well, you know, that that makes me feel good. So, no, but all right. So, Todd, you are. Todd, I I just want to give a, a warm. Hug over the microphone to your wife, and thank you for coming on. Thank you. For, I mean, you were so excited, uh, and the exhilarating aspect of going to all these media things with the Suffolk County DA and helping him make all those appearances, and that was great because, as you said, he deserved it, and it was a you know you don't get that when you're the Suffolk County DA, you don't get that many opportunities to have an international uh story that breaks so good for him he deserved it. he works hard the more and more people who i know who meet ray uh say that he's a a very very good uh person and that's what you need as the da so let me uh let me let you go you have a good night and uh whatever maybe i'll see you this
5: weekend and, and honestly your show is is not good it's great it's the most fabulous show on radio today I all I do is hear people you know, raving about your show, and it, it got it got more buzz than anything I've ever seen. So congratulations to you, and thank you to Marianne, your wife, for being such a great host at your house. It was um, she was wonderful, and all you know, right. your mom, your mom's your mom is. I love your mom. I'm just gonna say it now. I love your mom. <laughs>
1: All right, Todd, you're the best. I got to go. The show is over. That was Todd Shapiro. I appreciate you calling in. I am off right now. I'm going to run downstairs, God willing, and I'm going to head over to Hoboken, New Jersey, to Dino and Harry Steakhouse, where I'm going to meet the three men who I sat with the very first day of law school, uh, Josh Handshaft, Noel Downey, and Jeff Chatfield. Uh, that was September of 1989. And uh, we're going to break bread for the first time, the four of us together, in quite some time. We've seen each other, uh, but uh, we haven't really just sat the four of us and hung out. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And I will be back here tomorrow. No, I won't be here. I'll be at Plaza College. Tomorrow's a really exciting show for me and for Kevin. It's two hours live from Plaza College. So make sure you're there tomorrow. Have a great evening, everybody. See you soon. See you tomorrow.
2: The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons P C.